will be here all day. In Psalms 107, I mean. Somebody went, huh? Wait, I thought you said we were eating. Let's pray real quick. Can you guys just pray with me and say this? Say, helper, help. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Show me Jesus. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Did you know that the wrath of God will not endure forever? Did you know that? The wrath of God will not endure forever. It will be poured out in the last days. It will be poured out. He will meet out the fulfillment of the judgment of the one who's already been judged, Satan, all his angels, all the demons. It'll be, it'll be, been, and those who do not have their faith, trust, and hope in Jesus Christ, uh, they'll be taken from hell. All the dead, the living and the dead, will be judged, cast into the lake of fire, and the wrath of God will be done. It'll be over. They'll be there forever and ever. But what does endure forever is the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is this, that you and I, we won't be there if we believe. That's the mercy of God. We'll be standing in eternity in bliss forever and ever in the new heaven, the new earth, staring at Jesus, worshiping him, loving him, being there with one another. Isn't that amazing? Knowing that we did nothing to earn it and we don't deserve it. We'll be standing there forever and ever saying, "Woo! thank you, Jesus, his mercy endures forever and ever it never ceases let the redeemed of the lord say so means if you've been redeemed if you've been bought and you should this is the truth that you're proclaiming this is what you're keeping on the forefront this is what you're keeping in your hearts in your minds and in your mouth this is what comes out of your mouth i know listen i get it there's a lot of wickedness in the world and there's time to call out uh, evil for evil and there's time to call wrong wrong and you know, we don't want to fall into that. It says in the last days we'll call good uh, bad and bad good. We don't want to get into that. I get it. But listen, are we doing more? Uh, are we spending more time talking about the issues we see or the solution we've received? Are we spending more time talking about uh, wagging our finger at, at, at what's wrong and this and that instead of saying, hey, I've been redeemed? You know, because the reality is I was just as wrong as all the wrong that's in the world. I said, I was just as wrong as all the wrong in the world. You were just as, or you say, well, I never raped anybody. I never did this. I never did that. Man, sin is sin. What are you talking about? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the God. The Bible says none seek after God. Not one looks to him. Not one. All of us, wicked all of us prone to do wrong. All of us. Whether it was lying, stealing, cheating, adultery, love, doesn't matter. All of us, man. Every single one of us. But we say, oh my God, look at how bad the world is getting. Like the Bible doesn't say it's going to happen. Huh? We act surprised. We turn on CNN and NBC like, like we didn't already know it was going to be that way. Huh? Uh, or things come and we're like, why, man? Why are things coming? I don't know. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. Why, why we act so surprised when what Jesus prophesied comes to pass? Huh? But then he said something else. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome 
the world. How? He's redeemed us. He's bought us with a price by the shedding of His blood. God purchased us with the blood of His Son. And you are blood-bought and hopefully spirit-filled, huh? And there is blood over your doorpost. In this thing, this death, this wrath of God must pass over your house. It must pass over you. It will not come to lay rest on you. And so the redeemed of the Lord should be saying so. The redeemed of the Lord should be speaking of the mercy of God. You know, the answer to the fallen world, and I know a lot of times we want to go, we want to go into the laws, and I get it, and I think there's a benefit of it. We want to go into the schoolhouse. Uh, we want to go to the homosexual. We want to go you know, to the transgender. We want to go this and we want to try to tell them what they ought to be doing. Why don't we tell them about the mercy of God? Why don't we tell them about the redemption that they can have? Because let me tell you this, you've got no formula that will fix them. You've got no plan that will fix them. You've got no 12-step program. Listen, you've got no behavioral modification that can help anyone that's out there lost and dying. The only way they can be helped is the same way you were helped when you were lost and dying. That the mercy of God, which endures forever, would come and redeem their souls. He is the help for their souls. Do you know why they're doing what they're doing? Do you know why the wicked are being wicked? Because their soul is jacked up. you got to understand something. They were raised up. Whatever it was, their household, whatever they were taught, whatever the influence was, their soul. What is the soul? It's the seat of emotions. It's the mind, will, and emotions. It's, why you, it's how you think. It's how you feel. It's why you do what you do. And the Bible says this, that there is a seed, a word that is able to come and save your soul what you're seeing is a manifestation of a tormented soul it, their soul is jacked up how they think how they feel why they do what they do and many of them are possessed by demons you got to understand that and what we do is we look at the demon possessed like oh, what did they do wrong we look at the demon possessed like oh stay away from them what did they do wrong to get them in that? I, I see a person in the Bible, when I go read Isaiah, when I read the life of Jesus, that Jesus looks at the, that looks at the demon-possessed person and has pity on them and wants to set the captive free. He does not view them in it, that they just simply, and sometimes, sure, their behavior and lifestyle and sin and all that, it invited it in. But they wouldn't have been doing that in the first place if their soul hadn't have been jacked up and they were born again. The whole point is that they're, they're, there's an issue inside of us, that there's a sin issue inside of us that needs to be dealt with. When we come to have faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and changes that thing. But the lost and dying, the, what hope can they, they have other than Him? The same hope that we needed. Sinner's sin. Huh? I said sinner's sin. They, they, it's their nature. It's a cat being a cat. You know, but we get all our nose up in the air like, well, bless, bless God, I'm not like them. Huh. Bless God, I'm not like them. Praise the Lord. I, my sin's not well, brother. You know, I might have fibbed and lied on my taxes, but, you know, at least I'm not out there sleeping with prostitutes, brother. Oh, praise God. You know, I drove, uh, I drove 10 miles an hour over the speed limit today, uh, you know, to get to church. But, uh, but, but praise God, I'm not out getting drunk tonight, you know. Oh, oh and, you know, we, we do that. We like, we like make this list of this sin is worse than that. Man, listen, buddy, one violation of it, you're done. One violation of the law, you're all guilty. Every single one of us. Oh, but the redeemed of the Lord. 
oh, but the salvation of Jesus Christ. Oh, but the saving grace of God, huh? Listen, let's continue. It says this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That's what you have to realize, is that the the beginning of sin even, okay? How did sin enter the world? Hmm? It's the beginning of, it, it begins with Satan, man. Jesus said this, I've come to call sinners to repentance, right? And he goes on to talk about how he's, uh, Jesus came to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. What is the works of the devil? To work sin in your life. To cause mankind to sin, to transgress against God. He's inviting you into his nature is what he's doing. Because he's a liar and he's been one from the beginning. He's inviting you into that sin nature. He deceives Adam and, and Eve. What happened when he deceived Adam and Eve? All of mankind were plummeted into the enemy's hand. Do you see this? All of them, all of us were in his hands. Paul says it like this. He says, they all are, speaking to those outside of the church, he says, they all are under the control of the demon spirit of this world just as you once were. You need to realize that. If you're sitting in this room, saved and redeemed, if you're sitting in this room, born again, filled with the Spirit, there was a time, whether you want to accept it or not, the Bible says you were under the control of the demon spirit of this world. You didn't come into a Bible study and and somebody educates you into Christ. That's not what happened. You weren't just born into a Christian home and you just grew up learning principles and you decided, well, you made a mental decision, well, I'm going to be saved today. That's not how it works. The Bible says no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit first draws them. Somebody preached a message or you encountered God himself and you had faith in Jesus and that faith caused the Holy Spirit to move and seal you for salvation, to make you a new creature. The Bible calls it the circumcision of the heart. It was a supernatural work of the Spirit. It was not an intellectual decision. It happened by the Spirit. You were redeemed. Listen, you didn't just get smart enough one day you decided to get saved. That's not what happened. You didn't just decide one day, well, now I'm going to get right and I'm going to do right. No, there was a God who had a plan since the foundation of uh, of the earth to come after you. And he sent his son. And an amazing thing is he decided that you would be born in this point in time in history on this side of the cross where you could have access to this covenant. Boy, that's favored. Listen, you want to talk about the favor of God? Everybody born right now in this hour is some it has a measure of favor from God. What? Everybody alive right now, whether wicked, evil, has a measure of favor of God. Why? Because they were born on this side of the cross. There was no hope, especially if you were a Gentile before the cross. Every single one of them. And God now, in his, in his wisdom, comes through the foolishness of preaching to save us and ransom us out of the enemy's hand. So when he's talking about the redeemed of the Lord say so, he ain't talking about Sister Susie Q who got all her P's and Q's in order. 
Huh? He ain't talking about Brother Tom who comes in with everything right, no tattoos, no nothing, no problem, never did anything, never been out, set at home, never watched a bad movie, nothing. He ain't talking about that person. He's talking about those of us who were busted and disgusted, but the love of God came and ransomed us. Hmm? That's who he's talking to, and I want to prove it to you. Listen, it's right here. It's really good. He redeemed them from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. It don't matter if you're from England, Scotland, Africa, China. None of that matters in this thing, man. It does not matter. He pulls you from every land. By the way, I didn't, I didn't say it, but I thought, I thought to say it and I didn't, but how many of you know our brother John Wright is back from Africa, huh? Come on. Straight off the missions field. With Christ for All Nations, just just glory month, uh, gospel monsters over there, man. They just preach into millions, hundreds of thousands, millions at time at a time. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna hear from him real soon and just share from his experiences and stuff like that. Um, probably coming in the next month. Anyway, listen to this. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. How many of you can say that was me? I wandered in the wilderness of life. What, do you, what does that mean? It's, it's a dry place, a, a place of, of desolation, a lost place. I was there. How about you? They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate place. They found no city to dwell in, meaning you, you didn't find your home. I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in drugs and drinking and sleeping around, all that stuff, I would go from party to party and group of friends, a group of friends just trying to feel like I fit in. I could be in a room full of people and feel all alone. How many of you ever felt that? I literally could be in a room full of people but feel all alone. I found no home. Hmm. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. This word faint, it also means weary, became weary. That soulish realm. You see, a lot of times, some of us look at people's lives and, and what they're going through, and, and, and it certainly looks like a wilderness situation, and, and even the evil therein and the wickedness. And, and am I condoning sin? No, never, ever, ever, absolutely not. It's not what I'm doing. But I want, you to, I want you to begin to look at the lost in a different lens because you were lost, man. Humble yourself. That's what I'm saying, really, in a very loving and genuine way. Humble yourself. Don't be like the Pharisees, man. Don't, don't get that way. Whew, I feel the power of God on that, man. Listen, just humble, humble ourselves. They're in this situation, but they're, they're, their soul fainted in them, the Bible says. I want you to know that God is using the, the mess people are in. Some of you have been in, in those messes. I just described it, the parties and things like that. You don't realize that, that what that wilderness is doing is, it, is it's wearing down your soul. It's wearing down your soul. It's getting where some of you have got born again and went back to those things. And what you realized is they wearied your soul a whole lot faster this time. Huh? John knows what I'm talking about. It, it, it didn't take as long. Huh? Because something was on the inside of you working it a little bit faster. You see, last time the Holy Spirit was on the outside trying to work its way in. This time, he's on the outside and the inside. And he who began the good work in you is, is faithful to complete it. And so even those loved ones and those people, you're like, man, they turn their back on God. They're this. Understand, they will come a point 
there will come a point, and hopefully it, it comes before that sky splits, because that's the, on the only moment it becomes too late, is when that sky splits, and every eye sees him, and every knee bows, and every tongue confesses, and it becomes too late, and the door shuts. That's when it says they'll come to me, and they'll knock on the door saying, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. But until that moment, you got to understand we're in something called the dispensation of grace. We're in that moment where everybody on earth, it's the year, uh, it's called the year of the favor of our Lord. Did you hear that? I felt that, man. It's called the year of the favor of our Lord. Because I go back to what I said to you, that everybody alive right now has a measure of favor with God to be born on this side of the cross. Even the most wicked person you can think of right now, even some people we got in Washington that we might not be fans of, even them, they got some measure of the favor of God. I'm serious. My gas bill's so high. Anyway, I, I pulled in. I was like, 323? I know threes are supposed to be prophetic, but I don't receive this. So. He said, their soul fainted in them. And then what happened? Listen to this. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. How many of you have been there? I was there. The presence of God came in my jail cell. I was bound up sitting in, in literal chains. Not only spiritual chains, but physical chains, waiting to be extradited from, um, from Georgia to, to South Carolina. In the presence of the living God came in my, uh, in my jail cell. And the voice of God spoke to me and said, are you done? And in that moment, I yielded. But there, you have to understand, why did he come? Because there was a spirit inside of me. There was a heart inside of me crying out to him, Abba, Father, Daddy God. In the middle of my mess, he came. The jail cell wasn't too dirty. Huh? I was surrounded by wicked men. The light has no problem shining in darkness. And the light himself came to me. And he set me free, and I became more free when I yielded, more free in that moment than I've ever been, walking around doing what I thought I wanted to do. I cried out to him, and then the next verse happens. Listen, and he delivered them out of their distress. He delivered them out of their distress. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. This city, speaking of, is, is the New Jerusalem. That's what you need to understand. It's the new heaven and the new earth. It's what you're longing for in you. And if you really, if you'll look inside you, the Spirit of God inside you is crying out for that place. It's why in Revelations the Bible say, and the Spirit and the bride say come. Why? Because he's coming and his reward is with him. What's our reward? It's to dwell in the new Jerusalem with God forever and ever where he'll wipe away every tear, no more sorrow, no more pain, death defeated. You, there's a, if you're born again, there's a longing for that place. Listen to this. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Do you see how this thing is working? Do you see how it works? People that are running around, sleeping around, doing drugs, drinking, gambling, after money, they're looking for satisfaction for their soul. I did it the night my dad died. Dad died, passed away. Many of you know uh, my dad passed away. I got the phone call. 3 a.m. I'm with Tim. We were in Pennsylvania. Poor Tim. 
I got the phone call. We had to we had to work at like six. We got to sleep at like one, and I get a phone call at three, and my dad died. You know, I didn't go back to sleep. So I'm like, huh, huh, huh. My soul is in turmoil. My emotions are in turmoil. I don't know what to. And I'm, oh God, and oh God, and then I'm mad, and then I'm sad, and then I'm and then I'm mad again, and then I'm hurt, and then I'm angry, and I got questions that I don't have answers to because all they told me is he passed and then hung up. You know, so I didn't have. I'm, I'm, it's three o'clock in the morning. What do, who do I? I said, blah, blah. I tried to call my brother. My brother didn't answer. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, I, I called a friend. I'm talking to them. I'm like, I don't know. Please pray. And I, I don't know. And then I go back to my room and I'm like, I'm definitely not going back to sleep. There's no way my mind is going. In and I'm like, you know what? I don't eat. Just so you guys know, I don't drink pop typically, and I don't drink candy bar. But I'm like, I'm gonna have a Coke and a Snicker bar. Why? Because it'll make me feel different. That's why. No, I'm being real. It will make me feel different. What is that? That's your soul. Do you understand? That's my soul hungry for. I want to feel different. We all do it, even in relationships. And sometimes it's okay, the context of marriage and friendships and things like that. It's good. You know, we don't want to be dependent upon that. But it's okay. God can flow through that and flow through people. But that's what we do. We want to feel different. We want the satisfaction of our souls, right? We're longing for that. We're longing for that. So what happens? I, I'm, I'm my soul. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry and thirsty in my soul. And I come out, I'm like, mint, Coca-Cola, and a Snickers bar. That'll do it. I don't touch sugar. So you got to know for me, that's like, you know, it's really going to change how I feel. My blood sugar levels are going to go through the roof. So I walk up to the counter, and there's a girl standing there. And uh, actually, I think she was here last week. And there was a girl standing there. Um, and, and I don't know, the Holy Spirit came on me. All I know is the Holy Spirit came on me. And I started knowing this girl, there's something going on. She wasn't telling me. I literally get up to her, and I could just see the presence of God. Next thing you know, she's in tears, telling me her life story, how she's been abused, all these things, how she's angry at God, all this stuff. And I stood there at 3 o'clock in the morning just sharing the love of Jesus with her right after my dad, immediately after my dad. Listen, I forgot all about my dad and the trauma, because the Spirit of God was flowing through me. You have to understand, there was joy and life and peace flowing through me, and he did it on his own. I'm telling you, I didn't go out there to evangelize. I didn't just go, oh, I got a plan. I'm going to go witness, and, and you know, I, I would love to tell you that I was like, oh, so, so spiritual, super saint, that I'm going to go and do a spiritual thing instead of, instead of you know, writhing in the, in the turmoil of my soul. No, I went to go for a candy bar and a pop. And God rested me in that moment again like he did in that, in, that, in that jail cell. And he began to touch her. And next thing you know, she, I'm prophesying over her. And she's, ah, you know, and we pray. And then she came, she came uh, last week she was here. She came to service. She's two hours away or so in Pennsylvania. She drove. She had an encounter with the living God. With her mom, by the way, who there was like stuff going on. And God restored. She was angry at God. Like you got to understand, man. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm okay. And the, you know why? Because the Lord pointed me to, the, to, the, to that city we just read about. You see? God said there was a purpose. God said, don't worry about this. You know, there's a scripture that says, let the dead bury the dead. You know, follow me. The Lord pointed me to that city. Why? Because I'll see him again. You know? I'll see him again. So then, I didn't know any of this stuff, so then I go to the funeral I'm sitting in the funeral. I haven't shared this with you guys yet. I shared it at Sunburn. I'm sharing with you guys. I go to the funeral, and I still, I, I got some questions around my dad's death. I don't know what happened because you have to understand I had a dream, and in the dream, 
uh, I was in the hospital room with my dad. He was on a ventilator at the time. I was in the room uh, with my dad in a dream, and he reached over and he grabbed my arm like, I love you. He squeezed my arm, and I was like, oh, I love you. And I got up, and when I got up, he got up, and the ventilator was off, and his oxygen was off, and he was in his right mind talking and laughing. So, I, I mean, I shared it with many of y'all, and we prayed that way. I thought God was going to heal my dad, you know. I saw that, and, but I never saw him leave the hospital, but I saw that. Well, well, that not that next day after I had the dream, he started getting better. All his numbers dropped. He came off the ventilator. And, and the, the day before he died, this happened. He was sitting up. They, they had him completely off the ventilator. He was laughing with his, uh, his sister and my stepmom, smiling, and they were making plans to go home. Then the nurse comes in the room, and my dad looks at her, and he goes, I'm going to die today. And I didn't know any of this until the funeral. He says, I'm going to die today. She says, oh, don't say that. And he goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. I know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know where I'm going. And he begins preaching to her, witnessing to her, and he died that night. He literally died that night. The pastor that preached his funeral said, I've only ever known three people to prophesy their death. He actually called my dad a prophet, which was super funny. But anyway, um, I was like, I don't know, but, you know, yeah, that was prophetic. So... <laughs> I was like, well, but, uh, but you know, you want to talk about peace for my soul and rest for my soul that like, and he died witnessing. That's what he did with his last breath. He was sharing the gospel and it. And then the Lord took me back to that night. What happened? Man, listen, you're longing for, for a city to dwell in. You're longing for that. There's bigger things at stake than what's going on right here. Huh? In the true satisfaction of the soul is nothing that this world can offer. It's from another place. It's only things from that city. It's only things from that new Jerusalem, that heavenly realm. Woo! That eternal realm where Christ dwells. The kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy flooding your innermost being. The kingdom within flowing out. It's the only thing. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. That's what he does. It's what happened to you at salvation. And it's how you sustain even now. It's the answer for your troubles right now. It's why, again, in this world you'll have troubles. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. How do we obtain that overcoming? We may not obtain it in a natural sense right now in this realm, but you most certainly can obtain it internally, that peace and that joy. Hmm? Isn't that good news? That's really good news. It's like the gospel was called good news or something. All right. Someone. Listen to this. The, I love it. So you're like, okay, but, you know, he's talking to the children of Israel, right? Well, I, I, so this is just for the people that like, you know, the goody two-shoes and the, you know, read this. Listen to this. It's very interesting. Verse 10. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, hmm. bound in afflictions and irons. Sounds like the demon possessed, doesn't it? Why? Listen to this. Listen to the result of why they're bound. Okay? So God's painting your picture of these people literally living in darkness. I want you to think right now of the prostitute in the brothel. Listen, it's probably happening somewhere in the world right now. I want to make this really real to you. That right now, and I don't mean to paint some sexual picture whatever, right now there's a prostitute being a prostitute right now. I want you to understand that. It's happening right now in this moment, most likely. Right now, somebody, there's probably a child being messed with. Right now, there's probably a murderer murdering. It just, it just, it's a big world, and there's a lot of people. 
is a really good chance. I want you to understand that darkness. I want you to understand what God can touch, okay? I feel the power of God on this. Right there, that darkness. It can't get no dark. The witch doctor in Africa sacrificing the children. I'm just telling you, he just saw it happen where they're literally, literally their religion is witchcraft. That darkness where some of us would go, <gasps> don't get around my kids, you know. That darkness, listen, that darkness. The shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons. Why? Because they rebelled against the words of God. So, so not only are they in that place, but they're in that place because they're guilty. They're guilty. Hmm. That's why they're there. Not the guy that, you know, they shouldn't have sentenced to prison. The one that's there because they deserve to be. They despised the counsel of the Most High. So not only are they there because they rebelled, but they all, God also, it's, this is saying God actually reached out to them and tried to help them by giving counsel, and they rejected even that. These are the people that you shared the gospel with, and they still walked away. Those people. Listen. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. He wearied their soul. Do you see? It's, it's, it's in a purpose. Even... Even that, even the heavy hand of the Lord, even the judgment of God in moments because of actions, the consequences and the results of God because of actions has a purpose. They fell down and there was none to help. But what happened? Oh. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. What did he do? And he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. He broke their chains in pieces. That darkness we just talked about. He can step in there in a blink of an eye and break those chains to pieces. The family member you think is too far gone. huh? Now I'm not saying you got to link up and do life with them. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about redemption and salvation here, so don't get it twisted. I think I heard somebody's thought. But anyway, uh, listen, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Why? He has broken the gates of bronze. Sounds like the gates of hell, doesn't it? Broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. He did it. Hallelujah. How many of you have had chains broken in pieces in this place? I've had chains broken, slap off my life. I'm talking about chains that I tried to get off myself. You know, it's like I, I tried to pick the lock, and I couldn't pick it. It was like an unpickable lock. And I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and I used all my faith, and I mustered up, and I, and I tried to speak in tongue. I tried to do this. I tried to have somebody else break the chain off for me. Oh, you a chain breaker. Fast and pray with me, and nothing. But then all of a sudden, somebody showed up that there's no chain that can withstand that hand, huh, and snapped it in pieces in a moment. This God, listen to this. So, so it's it's those in absolute utter darkness. All right, man. How many of y'all have ran into some of these young kids running around right now, acting a fool? How many of you run into them? I mean, no, they're no. Jackson knows what I'm talking about. Some of y'all that go to work, just go to work every day. I'm not putting you down, but you ain't like around some of the teenagers and stuff. Where's my son at? Because let me tell you, and 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 I could talk to Bryce. There's some fools up in the school, huh? There's some, listen, they're act. no, no, you don't understand. Like, because what happened was mom and dad, mom and dad's mom and dad left God. 
and didn't stick with God. And then mom and dad were raised in that home. And then, and then now they're raised in that home. And I've met kids, never heard the gospel, nothing. And so they don't even have the behavioral modification that some people get by just the, from practicing out the letter alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like there's moral Muslims. You know, there's Orthodox Jews that are good people. They're moral. Why? Because they've been taught the letter of the law, right? They're good, decent people. They're not born again. They're not good in nature, but they're good, decent people in action because they're, they're, they've been behavior modified. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? And so, but listen, these kids are a fool. Like, I was, ju- me and my son were just at, uh, where we were just at, at an amusement park down in Foley, Alabama, and we were standing there, and, and this girl, this little girl was like, I'm standing there, grown man, mind you, you know, I'm pretty, I'm a grown man. I'm standing there with my son, and this little teenage girl turned around and was like, hey, you need to get in that back seat back there. Get, get back there in that back seat, because they wanted, you know, they, they, it was like something, but me and Caleb wanted to ride the front. We'd already wanted rode the back of the roller coaster we were at the front we were waiting they let one person wait and we were there we were in the front it was us and she just kept I just didn't say nothing you know the bible talks about rebuking a fool a fool and I didn't I didn't I was like Mm-mm. I just kept my mouth shut so I know he hears me I beat his boop this is a little she's this big this you would hit me and I would laugh at you she's this big okay you got to understand something but just whoop, 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 running her mouth and then running her mouth to her friends and MF and this and all that. Fool. I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm saying it in a factual way. <laughs> okay? Fool. All right? There's some foolish people running around. I was one of them. I was like that. I would fight you at a red light. You know, if you said something wrong. I just was that. It's foolishness. You know, it's foolishness. Do you understand what I'm talking about? How many of you know people like that? Everybody raises their hand. No, no, you don't have to. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Tim's like, are you talking about me, brother? Anyway, <laughs> you just read my mail. No, no. Anyway, well, listen to this. Fools. Fools. Because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Bad things happen when we're foolish, right? It happens. Listen, fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul arbored all manner of food, meaning like good nourishment. They, they didn't like. They they literally arbored what was what was good, what would satisfy. You see, listen. They drew near to the gates of death. It, you got how many of you got to know? Um, that's the gates of hell, by the way. But how many of you know, like, you need to know the whole Bible to know the whole Bible, right? So if we were to take Proverbs, I think it's chapter 5 right now, and slap it right next to this and read it in parallel, you'll find out that the adulterous woman, her house is the gate of hell. Do you understand that? It says that. It says it, it leads. And this is, this is talking about somebody who literally dresses up in a seductive manner to go out and they have it kind of, I don't know if you've ever heard of or seen this before, Women, men, whatever, they have it out to, like, sleep with other people's spouses. It's like a thing. It's like David, this is who they're describing. This is not people made a mistake, fell in love, whatever. This is not talking about that, although that's wrong, too. But this is talking about somebody who's literally, like, it's their life's mission to do that. And they're out there. But it paints, go read it. Her name's a seductress. She literally waits for her husband to leave, go out of town, and she literally tries. It's like she's, her husband's out of town, and she's on Tinder, swiping right all the time. That's the type of woman it's talking about. And it says that that's the path of hell. 
So then when we read that and we read this and it says, listen, it says, they drew near the gates of hell. It means they were there, by the way. They were the fools. And then it, it, if you go and read that again in Proverbs 5, it says, and the fool falls in, not realizing he's fallen to his death. Do you see? So it's talking about these people, these fools, that little girl, bless her heart, that needs Jesus, that was at the thing, and then those kind of people, men and women, do you see? They drew near the gates of death. But, but then what happens? But then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And what does he do? He saved them from their destructions. He saved them, even them. He saves them. Oh, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Somebody even right now, you need to just give thanks for God. I mean, thanks to God. Just give thanks. No, no, it's okay. The Bible's like, oh, that men would give thanks to God. I ain't even got done reading, and that's good news, man. We're talking about those in absolute, utter darkness, the darkest of darkest places, those people that we love to wag our finger out, those people, and then the fools that, have, that are in the destruction of their own making, those people. When they cry out to him, he comes. Hmm. Listen, for his wonderful works to the children of men, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his work with rejoicing. Now, there's another group of people. Listen to this. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep, for he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. This perfectly, perfectly describes what it's like to be somebody who is uh, very successful at the top of their game in the business world. Go back and read it. Let's read it one more time. Listen. Those who go down to the sea in ships, so they're like merchants, they're workers, who do business on great work. Literally, it says business. Businessmen, hard workers. They see the works of the Lord, so they see it, they see it present, and his wonders in the deep, for he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths, so they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. Do you understand? That's what it, that's what it means. They're like this. Their life's like this. It means this. When my business is really successful, when life is really going my way, when things in my world are awesome and amazing, I'm good. I'm way up here. I'm up in the heavens. <laughs> but then I fall down again. When things don't go my way, maybe you're into the stock market, whatever, and, and, and the stock market goes up, and the stock market goes down, and the stock market goes up, and the stock market goes down, and anxiety grips you, and anxiety goes away, and anxiety grips you, and anxiety goes away. That's who he's talking to. Listen. Their soul melts because of trouble. Do you see? Up, down, up, down. But in that moment, when they're on that downswing, when trouble comes, maybe the girl you like didn't like you back. I mean, it's that simple. Up, down, up, down, you know? It's all-inclusive, amen? Aren't you glad that the, the gospel is all invitational, man? Everybody's welcome. Listen, it says this, that they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. How many of us have been at our wit's end? I've been at my wit's end several times in the last six months. Anyway, um, so he says this. He says this. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of their distress. 
He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. Did you feel I got quiet? The Holy Spirit just went. So he guides them to their desired haven. What's their desired haven? It's him. It's him. Same answer for you if that's you. The same answer in your moment is the same answer as the one in the darkest place, the fool. It's the same answer. It's him. It's always been him and it'll always be him. He's a savior longing to save. The answer for your wearied soul wherever you're at is to cry out to God. And listen, man. You don't need to do it from a prideful stance, but if God will come running to those in darkness, if God will come running to the fool, how much more will he come running to a son or daughter? How much more will he come to those blood washed in his own righteousness? That the Bible says that when you put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, you stand flawless before the Lamb of God. Do you know what that means, flawless before God? It means that when God looks at you, he does not see your mistakes. He sees Christ's success. When God looks at you because of the blood, he does not see your mistakes. He sees Christ's success. We are the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. Do you understand? It means to be approved of. That's what that word means, to be approved. It's what God approves of. God approves of you because of what Jesus did, not because of what you do and don't do. I just read it to you. What did we not cover? You could, whatever you did, whatever, whatever there is to do, wicked, bad, foolish, whatever there is to do, success, up and down, love of riches, love of money, whatever there is to do, we just covered it, all included, all included. And he says, cry out to me and I'll come running. I'll quiet your soul. I'll steal your soul. He's so good. Come on, give thanks to the Lord. Come on, give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Oh, I feel his presence. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Thank you, because we don't deserve it and we haven't earned it. Oh. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. For his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him. Also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. You are in the assembly of the people. You are in the company of the elders right now. And there's one thing you ought to be doing, and that's thanking and praising God. That's thanking and praising God. Oh, he turns rivers into a wilderness. Oh, the water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wicked of those who dwell in it. 
He turns a wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. There he makes the hungry dwell, that they may establish a city for a dwelling place. This is that Zion. This is that new Jerusalem. Oh, Jesus. And sow fields and plant vineyards, that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them, and they multiply greatly. And he does not let their cattle decrease. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow, what is his response? He pours contempt on princes and causes them to water in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet he sets the poor on high, far from affliction. Do you know what that poor is? That's poor in spirit. Do you know what that means? That means that I've got no answer for my soul inside of me or this world. Oh, I am poor and needy and only satisfied by him. He takes them and sets them on high, far from affliction, and makes their families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice. And listen to this. All iniquity stops its mouth. All iniquity stops in its tracks. Right here. You're done. Womp, womp, womp. The enemy in your ear, all of it stops immediately. Silences iniquity. He silences the accuser. Whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand what, what, what will they understand? The last part, listen. The loving kindness of the Lord. We need to understand this. The Lord said, Take of my yoke and learn in my way, uh, learn of my ways. I am meek, which means kind. It means reserved strength. Do you know what meekness means? It means like this. Jesus said this. I could call down ten thousands of my father's angels. Do you understand? One angel killed 185,000 people in scripture. It's recorded. One angel did that. Do you know what ten thousand angels could do? Like that to the pop everybody in the world. <laughs> gone in a moment. Everybody in the world. He says, I could do it, but I won't. Instead, I'll lay my life down. I'll lay my life down. That's meekness. It means I can, but I won't. I have every right and authority and power to do it, but I won't do it. He says, I am meek, kind, and lowly of heart. You know what being lowly of heart means? It's being humble. Do you know what the opposite of that is? It's being, uh, in the negative sense, assertive, but it's forceful. He doesn't force it on you. He doesn't shove it down your throat. He doesn't. What he does is he has a seat for each and every one of us at his table. At the Father's table, there's a seat for you with your name on it. There's a robe and there's a ring for you with your name on it. And this is what he does. He clears a straight and narrow path right to you by the blood of Jesus. And he removes every single obstacle and every single excuse. None of that darkness, none of those foolish actions, none of the success, none of the failures can stop the love of God getting to you right where it's at. And he says, come, all who labor and are weary, and I'll give you rest. And rest is really what you're looking for. Rest is really what you're looking for. What a good God. Let's just end today. Let's just worship the Lord. Listen, if you have not given your life to Jesus, do it now. I don't, I don't need to leave you, lead you in a prayer. You just look at the Lord yourself and say, God, I've sinned. I know it. 
Won't you forgive me? I believe what the man just said. I believe in Jesus. I believe in what he said. And then find me after. I want to pray with you. Let's just end today. We've still got a little bit of time on the turkey. It's all right. It's cooking. Let's end today just doing the the very thing the Bible commands us to do, which is to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord. Father, I pray right now for every person that's heard this message, God, every person that's heard it, God, that you would come, that, that their go-to would be to cry out to you from now on, and that they would have the faith that you're coming, that Savior, you save. Ransomed, you ransomed. Redeemer, you redeem. God, there's not, the mud of sin could never dirty us enough that your blood couldn't wash us clean. So those who have even been backslidden or, or not loving you like they should, I pray right now for that, for that soul. You don't know what I've done. I've listed enough that you should know by now. And if you don't, the Holy Spirit will help you that it's not too much for Jesus. It's not too much for Jesus. Just let him save you right now. Let him quiet the storm raging in your soul. Got to break anxiety and depression off your, off your body, God, off your people. I pray the Spirit of God would blow through this room right now. As we worship you, I pray and move. I pray praise would break out. God, I pray you'd begin to just touch people again. They'd begin to burn for you. They'd begin to get excited about what you did, what you did, that the redeemed of the Lord would say so. God, I pray you'd grip our hearts, God. You'd stir us up again to first love. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.